back to the podcast, Land of the Living. I'm Naya. And I'm Grace. And we really hope you enjoyed our new intro song, and it is here to stay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Naya keeps saying that, but it is a temporary <laughs> intro song. You want to explain how we even got to that? Um. Well, we realized that we didn't have any intro songs still after talking about it from last week. So we chose one of the first songs that came up, and this yeah, is what so- we ended up with. Yeah, so that's going to be a temporary... <laughs> you like it, though? I think it's... I, think it speaks I love for it. Itself. It makes you want to dance. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So in this episode, we're going to be answering the question of, is there any evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ? So, Grace, do you want to take it away? <laughs> we're, like, on a weather channel. <laughs> Over to you. Okay, yes. So basically, before we start talking about evidence for the resurrection, I think it's kind of critical that we explain what the resurrection even is or what that even means. <laughs> now that we both have a microphone, you can just... I can interject whenever I want. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like a menace okay so basically basically to explain it's kind of like a little story um so basically it's very clear that we live in a broken ro- world and there's a lot of death disease suffering but amongst that we also see traces of beauty like the beauty of a sunset or the mountains or people laughing and so that's because god's design was perfect and so when god made the world there was no death there was no disease no suffering But starting with the very first people, Adam and Eve, we as humans chose to go our own way and leave God's perfect design, and that's called sin. And so sin is what led to brokenness in our world, and we don't like to be in brokenness, the state that we're born into, so we try to get out of it. So for some people, this looks like trying to get out of it by climbing the ladder of success at work and trying to become CEO or trying to become super successful in school, and people think that that'll get them out, or others try to get out of brokenness by doing good things or being religious and going to church and helping people. And while those are great things, they don't get us out of brokenness. And some people even try to drown out the brokenness with drugs and alcohol or attempts at suicide or maybe even relationships. And so these are all attempts that we make to try and get out of this brokenness. And it just kind of ends up snapping us back in like a bungee cord. It's not effective. And so the thing is that But God loved us so much that he didn't want us to stay in this brokenness. And so he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He provided the only way out, and that is through his son, Jesus. So you see, Jesus came down into our world and allowed himself to be killed on a cross. He was crucified. And when he did that, he paid the punishment for our sin that we did at the beginning that led to this brokenness. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. So that's the resurrection part. And he declared that if anyone would turn from their way, surrender to him, stop doing the bad things that they're doing, and believe in Jesus and believe that he came and died on the cross and rose from the dead, that they would be forgiven and made new and would then be able to experience God's perfect design for their life and experience eternity with God in heaven instead of eternity separate from God. And so when we're talking about the resurrection, it's that part of where Jesus died, he was crucified, and then three days later, he rose from the dead. So that's what we mean when we mean the resurrection, and that's kind of the significance of it, because it's a big foundation of Christianity, and it's like, if Jesus hadn't have been resurrected, then we would still be, there'd be no way out of this brokenness, but God provided a way for us out. Yeah, so Jesus needed to do something extraordinary in order to prove he was the Savior. And there are many that had claimed they were the Savior of the world, but did nothing to prove it, whereas Jesus actually conquered death through the resurrection. And many people assume that the resurrection is merely an article of religious faith 
not an actual event for which there could be any historical evidence. Yeah, but the thing is, what I'm saying is, like, people trying to say, like, oh, that's just something that people believe in and there's no evidence for it, but, like, there actually is, and that's what we're trying to show y'all in this episode today. And so we've both had questions, Nai and I have both had questions regarding the resurrection of Jesus, and we understand that it can be difficult to wrap your head around because, obviously, that's not, like, a common thing. And I, right off the bat, it can sound very, like, okay, there's no way that's true, but in this episode, we're going to walk through the different ways in which we have evidence for it. And so our roadmap for today is we're going to go over the point that Jesus was a real person. Jesus was dead. There are early sources for the resurrection. There are non-Christian sources for the resurrection. Jesus's body was never found. And then we're going to go over a few quick facts. And then we're going to have a couple of interesting points to reflect on at the end. So Naya is going to take it away with the first point. Alright, so just to clarify, we want to state that Jesus was a real person who actually existed and walked on earth. And this is agreed upon among Christian and atheist scholars. Basically, no one disputes this. Fast forwarding to the time of the crucifixion, this is the method in which Jesus actually died. And there's no record of anyone surviving a Roman crucifixion. Roman executioners were often faced, or would often face death themselves if they weren't successful with this and just to kind of dive into the details of what crucifixion is and just how it would kind of be unfathomable for someone to survive this okay so first you get nails driven through your hands and your feet then you are hung on a cross and your lungs get stuck in the inhale position due to the position of your arms on the cross and in order to exhale you must push up on your feet which are nailed to the cross. As this is happening, your back is scraping against the wood, which already has existing wounds from you being whipped previously. Then, once your thigh muscles give up, your body weight shifts to your arms, causing your shoulders to be pulled from their sockets. Then eventually you suffocate and die. And in Jesus' case, they even stabbed him in the side to make sure he was really dead. And Looking at this evidence, it is hard to believe Jesus would have survived the crucifixion. Yeah, and so even the Journal of the American Medical Association published a peer-reviewed scientific medical study. <laughs> I was like, so many words. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Journal American Study. Okay. And, and they stated, clearly the weight of the evidence indicates that Jesus was dead even before the wound to his side was inflicted. And then also, Jesus' death by crucifixion is the single fact most mentioned in all the historical records of his life, both in Christian and non-Christian records. And, oh gosh, not the names. <laughs> I literally, I butchered them last time and I'm not feeling great <laughs> this time. Okay, Gerd Ludman. Uh, I doubt he's listening to this, but Gerd Ludman, an I atheist. <laughs> Gerd Ludman, an atheist and a scholar, says... Historically, it's indisputable that Jesus was dead. So even people that do not believe in Christ and aren't Christian, like they are saying, hey, like it is pretty clear that Jesus was dead at the time of crucifixion. So, And to put it into perspective even more, a lot of what we know about the ancient world is based off of only one or two sources total. And we have no fewer than nine ancient sources inside and outside the New Testament confirming that the disciples encountered Jesus after he was resurrected. So ev so evaluating the evidence by ancient standards, the records of the crucifixion are substantial. 
Yeah, and going along with that, some people try and say, oh, well, you know, the resurrection, all that is just a legend. And it's just a myth. And the thing is, if you actually get into the details of what a legend is, the resurrection narrative lacks the characteristics common to late legendary narratives, and it actually embodies many of the characteristics common to early eyewitness-based reports. So it's more similar to an eyewitness-based report than it is to a legend. So one way others have tried to disprove these early accounts is by saying they were all hallucinations. But this doesn't really make sense because in 1 Corinthians which is a book in the Bible, 500 people saw the resurrected Jesus. And hallucinations are unique to each individual. They are like dreams. And the chance of group hallucinations are next to nothing. And honestly, you could argue that it would take more faith to believe that 500 people had the same hallucination than to believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Yeah, and going along with that, too, so we mentioned this, Naya touched on this in our last episode where we were talking about evidence for the Bible, and so it goes back to the criteria of embarrassment as well, where the writers wouldn't want to include something that would make their claims seem false if they were trying to convince people of something, and so in this culture, women were viewed as lesser than, and they weren't even allowed to testify in court. However, it's recorded that a woman was the first person to see the resurrected Jesus. And so if the gospel writers had wanted to lie, then, well, and also the gospel writers are the writers of the Bible. If they had wanted to lie, then they wouldn't have said that a woman was the first person to see Jesus. They would have said that a man was, because that would have been more convincing. Along with these sources, there are also non-Christian sources that confirm Jesus's resurrection. And it would be one thing if the Bible was the only book that recorded Jesus's resurrection, but it's not. Like we mentioned in our last episode, there are numerous non-Christian sources that affirm Jesus. Yeah, and a specific example relating to the resurrection is Josephus, and he was a non-Christian that talks about Jesus being resurrected. And then also for some more current examples, so there are at least... There are plenty of examples of these, but there are at least three different people who were all atheists seeking to disprove the resurrection of Jesus. But as they each researched and uncovered evidence, they all came to become Christians and actually support Jesus's resurrection as being true. And so we'll include these people in the description of our podcast in case you're interested in learning more about their experiences. And then also going into our next point, so Jesus's body was never found. So even the opponents of Jesus admitted that the tomb was empty. And I don't know, actually, I might have not have really explained that at the beginning, but when Jesus was crucified, he was then put into a tomb. So he was crucified on the cross and then they wrapped him up and they put him in this tomb and they b- rolled a big, massive stone in front of the tomb. And then they had Roman guards surrounding the tomb to make sure that nobody tried to break in or steal the body. And so then though, on the third day when Jesus was resurrected and came back alive, his tomb was empty. His body was not to be found in there. And so even the opponents of Jesus admit that the tomb was empty. So the Romans could have located Jesus's body and disproven Christianity. Like that's all they had to do was provide Jesus's body, but they never found it. And they tried to justify it by saying that the disciples stole his body, but this statement itself indicates that the Roman guards admitted that the tomb was empty. It's kind of like how a student would tell a teacher that the dog ate their homework. It doesn't change the fact that the homework is not present in its current location. Following from that, the disciples did not have a motive to steal the body. 
Why would they willingly be persecuted and often tortured, sometimes to the point of death, for a cause that they knew they helped cover up? No one willingly dies for a lie. Okay, now we're going to get into some rapid facts. Naya, I need a drum pew, roll. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> not a Okay, so basically we're going to go through a couple of quick little facts. Okay, so one of the first facts is that there's this guy named Paul. And his original name is Saul, but then when he becomes a Christian, it changes to Paul. But for the sake of this, I'm just going to keep it at Paul. So basically, Paul was somebody that hated Christians. He tried to destroy the church. He would go from home to home and drag men and women who were Christians out and bring them into jail. And the implication was that the Christians would be taken to jail and then executed. So Paul Paul just really hated Christianity in the church, and he did everything he could to harm Christians and destroy Christianity. Well, then Paul has an encounter with Jesus on a road right after Christ's resurrection. And so this completely changes Paul's life. And he ends up going from harming Christians and persecuting them to becoming one. And so if he had not actually encountered Christ, then why would he have gone from hating Christianity to becoming a Christian? That doesn't make any sense. Our second fact is that the early church exploded in growth right after. So right after Jesus' resurrection, many people became Christians and the early church was rapidly growing in numbers. And so if Jesus had not actually been resurrected, then why would people have begun to become Christian? And why would the churches have begun to flourish if that didn't actually happen? You know, if it didn't really happen and people didn't have evidence for it, then why would they believe in it? You know, and then also... Naya knows. And then our third fact is comparing the disciples, which are followers of Jesus, comparing them before and after Jesus' death. So there's no way of accounting for the transformation of the disciples except in the basis of the resurrection, which is the very basis that they themselves give for their change. If you compare the disciples before the death of Jesus, you will see a world of difference. One day they're fearful and hiding, and the next day they're facing hostile audiences openly speaking about Jesus' resurrection. Why would they completely change like that if they hadn't actually encountered Jesus' resurrection? And a follow-up question to that is, what motive did they have to lie? They had nothing to gain from this and everything to lose. Okay, now we're getting into our reflective question section. And so get out your notebooks and pencils, everyone. <laughs> this is some <laughs> this is not this is some food for thought, okay? We're we're feeding a meal right now, okay? <laughs> so something that they said at church one time that I thought was really interesting is they said, Have we ever considered why it's sad when other people die? Like why do we get upset and cry and wish that people had not passed away? Maybe it's because we were not originally designed to die. And that's just something like, I know that might not be enough. Like, obviously, that's not like, that's more of just like a reflective question thing. But that really got me thinking because it's like, yeah, why are we sad when people die? And like, if you look at the of Christianity, like God's intention was not for us to die. That was a result of our sin of us deciding to not follow God and go our own way. And we talked about that at the beginning. So I think that's very interesting. And then another interesting thing, so while we were researching, in one of the books I was reading, which we'll have all of our sources posted in the description again, but something that I thought was interesting was like, um, it was saying like, it makes sense that it's hard to believe the resurrection because it goes against what we see every day. Like we see that dead people stay dead, 
But the author was saying that he doesn't think we can use our general ordinary experience to rule out the possible of something radically extraordinary happening if we have good evidence to suggest it. And in the book, he said, consider this. Is there any ordinary thing which exists which wasn't extraordinary when it first began to exist? Whether you accept evolution or the fact that God created the world and everything in it, the appearance of the first giraffe or elephant, and certainly the appearance of the first human would have looked pretty extraordinary to anyone around to observe it. Now that animals and people are commonplace, we do not regard them with such awe. The resurrection is just like this. The resurrected life of Jesus is the first instance of something which is going to, in time, be universal. Jesus is the first illustration of what humans are going to be, of what they are divinely created to be. He is, in fact, the first true human being. And again, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier of how God didn't design us to die, but he designed us to be in relationship with him, not to be separate from him. And so that's what it talks about where it says like that's what's and like he's the first true human being and like he's what is going to happen to all of us eventually for all of us that choose to believe in Jesus and follow him. So basically, I just think those are kind of interesting. I second that. Those are very interesting. Can you imagine seeing the first giraffe? No, not, I not saying that. <laughs> not saying that was the only thing I took away from that. But <laughs> oh gosh! And a final question for you guys: What is holding you back from pursuing God and looking into if Christianity is true? Usually at this time, we say what our next episode is, but we actually don't know what it's going to be. So we've got a lot of things that it could be. So just stay tuned. A lot tuned. of things in the cookbooks. <laughs> the recipes. <laughs> also, there is no way we are ending this with that song. <laughs> hey.